good day, dear listeners. Steve Preda here with the Management Blueprint Podcast. And today's guest I have here is Mel Engel, the chairman and CEO of Predictive Oncology, a company driving personalized medicine and drug discovery using artificial artificial intelligence. Welcome to the show, Mel. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Ah, it's great to have you. So let's start with your uh, CEO journey, Mel. How did you become uh, the chairman and CEO of, of this company? What's been your journey? Well, I kind of started out when I was younger. I was always working as a kid. Then I was working as an employee for others. And then I've had um, people working for me and the same companies. And as a, a matter of, as you move up through the chain, you, you learn more and more about the business and more and more responsibility comes your way. And I made a decision to use my education, my background to, ex, to expound into becoming a, a, a general management person, not simply a functional specialist. I was a, a financial person by trade. Um, so way back in, in uh, when I was 32 years old, I decided that that would be a good thing to do. And since then, I've been I've moved from company to company as being either a general manager first and then moving to a CEO position and then a CEO position of a public company. And then from a public company to a company that was a CEO of a, of a very large company, which is um, Merck, um, KGAA. And then from there, from a the CEO of another company that's on the NASDAQ. So one, one thing led to another. And I think that what, what ends up happening is that you learn from experience and people know who you are and your reputation precedes you and they and people want to enroll you in your company. And if you want to, if you want to do the right things for your family and for yourself, you want to want to continue growing in, in the in the way that you manage and think. And so it's it's just it's a blessing to to have the the well-rounded background of having the financial experience by by being a financial person, having a degree in finance, and then, then having the opportunity to actually roll that out into a general role as being a strategic thinking person that I am right now. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get it, uh, get it. And uh, in fact, I think this is something in common. I also started as a CPA and the finance show background and moved towards the, the strategy and, and management and strategy, which uh, I found more exciting as, as I got into my career, I found people and the issues around people more exciting than just the numbers, but it's great to have the numbers found as a foundation. So talking about uh, foundation and you know bridging onto the the theme of this podcast, which is management blueprints, it's conceptual frameworks that uh, CEOs and entrepreneurs apply in building their businesses. In our pre-conversation, you talked about the five fingers form formula we called it <laughs> that uh, you developed. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about what that is and how how it works? I think that uh, what I found in my travels is that when I when I meet different uh, executives, you know, I ask them what their business is all about, and, and those who are really on their game, you know, pull up their hand just like this and say, I, "There's five things." Let me tell you, if if we do these five things well, we'll have a great year, or we'll have a great company, and they keep it simple. And the the, the chief executive really comes down to, you know, this is too many. If you have too many different moving parts, that's, there's ten. Five is, is enough. So you can, if you can recite to whoever's asking you what your top goal is for the company, what your second one is, what your third one is, and by the time you get the, to the fifth one, you'll be talking to uh, perhaps a, not as a, a major uh, point, 
But the, the number one goal is always the financial goal. And the financial goal follows the strategy that will, um, that's, that's really the um, cornerstone of the company. If you have the, the mission in place and the, and the vision in place, those are not necessarily goals, uh, but those follow. Um, if you're going to, as a CEO, you're gonna actually try to accomplish the mission and the vision, you've got to set out some goals for yourself to be able to make that happen. Um, so at the team, if the team can, the surrounds of the senior team actually has the same five goals in their, in their goals, pardon my, my dog in the background, the, um, um, you will, you'll be successful. So the first goal is a, is a financial goal. Um, the second goal is generally um, associated with products, making sure that those products come to market as fast and as efficiently as possible. The growth of the company is, is a very important ingredient of, of a CEO's success. The other three are perhaps the, the specifics of the company, of what, what state they're in, if they, if they have been in a, in a retrenching goal or a manufacturing change, or a, a different, they want to enter different markets or whatever. So the last three goals are, are um, perhaps not as important as the first two. Having, a, the, having the strategy in place that your, your, your management team knows where you're going, if they can embrace that in their own goals as well, the odds are you'll probably get there. Uh, I love that. And yes, this makes it very simple. We have five fingers. We're never, never going to have a six. So as long as we find and articulate five robust goals, then we are in good stead to have a great year for a company. Uh, this is actually what I teach my clients as well. We set up, up to five goals uh, each year and okay, the company can have other goals, but these are the ones that we are going to focus on and, and make sure we drive every quarter and, 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 and accomplish them. That's, that's awesome. And, and you said that these goals cascade from the mission and the vision of the company. So it's kind of, okay, what is the vision? Where are you going long-term? And then how do you bring it down to the five most important goals for the year. Is this uh, how it works? Yeah, that's right. You have to start with the bigger picture, um, simply achieving a goal because it happens to be, you know, a short-term thing is, it, it's good, but it doesn't do, it doesn't move the needle for the company where, it, where it's, it's destined to go. The, the CEO has got to be looking over the horizon. You know, that's the story of Christopher Columbus way back in the beginning when he had the orange in his hand, he was talking about what's on the other side of the horizon. And I think that the, the, the CEO and his team or her team really need to determine, you know, what is the view of the future that we want to go accomplish? We can't simply be inching along. We've got to make sizable gains. Uh, otherwise, we're not earning our salary. Yeah, no, no, no doubt, no doubt. So uh, switching gears here, let's talk a little bit about your company, Predictive Oncology. So tell, tell uh, me about what is the mission for predictive oncology and why, why it's so important. Well, we, we, we simplified it to we want to eliminate cancer. It's a pretty broad, bodacious goal, but it's one that all the employees rally behind because that's what they come to work for in the morning, be it virtually or, or in, the, in the different offices that we have around the United States. They know that their single um, purpose in life is to work towards our ultimate goal of, of eliminating cancer. And what we're trying to do by doing, so, so what, what is our role in making that happen? We start with um, the fact that we've been blessed with having 150,000 tumor samples, cancer tumor samples available to us that it's our property. We, 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 we nurture and make sure they stay there. 
Um, and so it, with this 150,000 tumor samples are patient samples. These are, these are not simply Petri dish samples that might, might come from a, a mouse or from you know, other places. This is, this is, these are human tumor samples. And so what we do is we, 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 we actually analyze them and, and look at them from what kind of cancer it is. And we have 137 different cancer types in our hands. How many, and we have, um, I guess we have 32,000 ovarian cancer samples. And so in total, we've got 150,000 samples to deal with. So what we do is we take that information and we use our artificial intelligence system that's, that we've, had, we've perfected with Carnegie Mellon. Uh, we call that our core system. And so that is, we take a look at this, the sample itself and put it together with the artificial intelligence uh, technology we have and be able to, to look at the data to determine similarities of particularly whatever um, the cancer that the patient demonstrates or whatever the, the compound is coming back from a pharmaceutical company, we can actually marry together our information to whatever the, that the cancer is that, that's being analyzed. Uh, historical information is um, important. And if you can use the artificial intelligence to actually um, iteratively learn from, from the, the history of, of, the, of the sample base, we can actually make our predictions even better. But in, what our ultimate goal is to be able to help pharmaceutical companies in their quest to be able to, to get cancer therapies to the market faster, more efficiently, and with less cost. And we believe that when we are faced with a challenge that would come from a pharmaceutical company, we can deploy our artificial intelligence to help them streamline that activity to get it to the market sooner. And that saves them a lot of money. And, and if we can get that, that cancer therapy done on a patient by patient basis, that's really gonna help the planet. Oh yeah, I mean, that, that is an unbelievable, uh, unbelievably ambitious uh, goal, an audacious goal. So obviously that I think everyone would want that to happen. Please, if you can explain it to me in layman terms, how does artificial intelligence help you sift through these 150,000 samples of cancers and how is it actually deployed in, in finding these new drugs that are going to kill, uh, kill the cancer? Well, it's a, uh, it's a system that we've been developing over the years and we call it Discovery 21. Uh, and so this is where you take the data that's available. Um, we have lots and lots of data on, on every patient that's, that we have samples from. We, we know their background, that we know their, if they were a smoker, if they're a diabetic, or if they had um, alcohol in their family, or, you know, so there's a lot of, of objective data that um, is, is tied to the individual cancer type and to the patient. So there's a lot of similarities that go along with that. And it's, it's very hard from, a, from a, just a human analytical standpoint of being able to have a spreadsheet and look at similarities to determine you know, what the prediction of the future would be. But if you can have a tool of an artificial intelligence machine, if you will, machine learning, that analysis can be done very quickly. And so the artificial intelligence learns from the output from the prior run. So we go through all these, we go through all these, all these data points to be able to determine what are the similarities that we want to retain and what are the things that, that are perhaps not as important than we discard. And so, it, so that retention becomes more and more um, important and we analyze it over and over again to be able to come down to what, what the re root answer is. And I, I think that's, the, that's really what 
efficiency. It's, we can't possibly do this as, as, um, as human thinkers. We really need the machine to be able to help us. Okay, so the um, artificial intelligence, it, it analyzes the different com combinations of cancer cells and then how in the past certain drugs uh, eliminated some of those combinations. Right. And it's kind of an iterative process to, to get to a point where a good cross-section of these uh, different combinations get eliminated by as narrow a drug as possible. And I'm trying to uh, probably over- so you're, you're on it. I think it, you just have to continue, you know, mincing through the data over and over again to be able to take the data that's that's not important out and be able to focus on, on, the, on the points that are more important. You know, from a technical standpoint, I'm not exactly sure what cancer we would be or what patient problem we were trying to solve, but each, each patient has a different problem. So we would take the, the tumors from our history bank and be able to analyze it versus the tumors that are presented in front of us. Either the, the tumors that we would be coming to, towards us would be a compound um, that could very well be from a pharmaceutical company or it could come from, a, from another patient who you know has a problem who needs therapy to, to be able to have it help and get an answer as to what kind of drug therapy that should be applied that would be on the market right now. So there's two ways to go. One is to help the pharmaceutical company get their products to the market sooner. And the other is to be able to help uh, oncologists in evaluating the, the cancers that are out there and help them determine what kind of therapy, drug therapy that would be the most efficient. So basically, does it mean that you have two target markets? You have the oncologists who will use your product uh, or your system. And then you have the drug companies as well and kind of two completely different target markets. You are positioning this in a different fashion. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a neat deal. We, we, we have been doing the latter for, for many years, um, but that, that has not been our focus now. We're, we're, we're really, our biggest emphasis now is in the patient evaluation uh, with pharmaceutical companies. So, so, so it's patient data that we're working with, um, not just animal data, which is um, not too many companies have the database that we have, which is to our advantage. That's awesome. So if there are 137 different cancer types and there are a magnitude more uh, combinations of those, how do you even prioritize? How do you even pick which ones to work on first? You, surely you cannot work on all of these at the same time. Yeah, you're right. I think it comes to a matter of the evolution of the company. You know, we figured that we would start someplace and that, that ovarian cancer was a, um, a, a very, was a base that we had um, experience in with our uh, with our company. And so we've, we've, we've done a deep dive with ovarian cancer. Our, our longer term goals is to be able to go after all the cancers and we have to now segment which ones we want to go after next. But we can't do them all at the same time. So we're, we're, we're kind of necking, want to get through the ovarian cancer to be able to prove to the pharmaceutical companies that our artificial intelligence system works. So right now we're, we are not marketing the product um, to pharmaceutical companies. We've had conversations with them and some of them have, have shown interest and in, in have asked us to make sure that this could be validated, that we can, you know, we can prove that our system works over and over again. And that's what we're doing right now is to, to be able to validate that process <clears throat> so they can, they can talk to us. We'll be able to say, okay, here's our Discovery 21 system. Um, you can test it if you want to against some, some compounds that you have. You'll see that it works and then they can use it on a broader scale. And so then we uh, establish a, a working relationship with them and be able to handle other cancers that the, that the pharmaceutical company might have. 
So it, it, it's, it doesn't necessarily have to be ovarian cancer specific. Um, that's where our validation is coming from. We believe that the tools that we have in the system we have can be applied to, to multiple cancer types. But we have to go, we have to, we have to make sure we do this one step at a time. And if we can validate to them that this ovarian cancer system works, and then, then we, we are able to have a broader conversation with, with other cancer types. Yeah, so you're focusing on energy on proving the business case for ovarian cancer, and then you can roll it out to other cancers. Right, exactly. Okay, uh, so what I also noticed that you are you have different subsidiaries. So the business is not just one company. There are different subsidiaries doing different things. Can you just walk me through why you have these different subsidiaries and what are the things that they do? Well, the, the overall goal is we want to eliminate cancer. And so that's, that's everybody has a, um, a sweatshirt that says POAI on it. I made sure that everybody got one delivered to them. So they all wear the, the same, no matter what, what subsidiary they're in, they're a POAI employee. And we really believe that we are one company. We happen to have different work groups that are working on different business issues, but at the same, they're working towards the same goal of eliminating cancer. So one supports the other who supports the other. And so we interchangeably um, move information back and forth between the different divisions and, and um, um, work towards synergies where we can, so we don't have to have any overlap. But we're, we're a POAI, that's who we are. We happen to have you know, work groups who are located in different parts of the country and they have different names but that doesn't really necessarily mean that they're they're different or, or in any way disparate uh, going on their own. They're, everybody knows that POAI is the, is the mother company. So POAI standing for Predictive Oncology AI. You got uh, it. Artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Got it. So what is the biggest challenge for you uh, in growing this business that you have to overcome? I think the, the, the challenges that we're, we're facing now is that we've got such a wonderful system uh, that we're developing. It's, it's a matter of making sure that it gets done the right way and, and having that um, endorsed internally to make sure that works and now be able to take it to the outside. We're poised to, be, to, to have a much bigger year next year because of this, our, our Discovery 21 being perfected. We're very optimistic that that's going to happen. Once we get that in place, then we'll be able to have meaningful conversations with a whole host of pharmaceutical companies, which we think will open the doors for us. So, not, so we're, we're focused on perhaps the artificial intelligence piece um, right now, but we're also looking at other businesses to be that are synergistic with our own. And so if, if cancer is to be eliminated, what, what else is there that we can do that's adjacent markets? And so we're, we're looking from a you know, from a collaboration standpoint and how we can do more with, with, uh, with other companies as well. So we're, we're, business development is, is an important ingredient for us to, to, not, to, to supplement our, our internal research group. Mm-hmm. Got it. Now, one would think that uh, cancer is the, one of the biggest topics in, in medicine and a lot of startups focusing on cancer and how to uh, help, uh, you know, doctors cure cancer. Is this a crowded marketplace, or it's a, you, your solution is a is a unique thing? No, I think this you know, cancer has has been around for a long time, and uh, will continue to be. It's it's a it's it's a terrible disease. I'm a cancer survivor. I had prostate cancer when I was um, about 10, 15 years ago, and I'm a, I've you know been symptom free. Thank goodness. But I I really um, am thankful for the cancer therapies that existed back then, which were um, 
the it was a I won't go into the detail, but nevertheless, there's there are therapies that can be used not only for prostate cancer but for ovarian cancer that are that are not necessarily uh, a surgical um, removal, but there's also drug therapies that go along with it. And so when you can use both of those effectively, uh, you know, pulling the eliminating the, the cancer surgically and then treating it with the appropriate drugs seems to be the right um, one-two punch. And then if you've got, um, you know, other things that go along with it, with it on a post-op basis that, um, that therapeutic, therapeutics are used are, are important as well. Cancer is a, um, is a tough nut. And so we're, we're going to be living with it for a long time. We just have to work on it over and over again to get rid of it. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a terrible thing. So what is uh, predictive oncologies or POAIs uh, like a 10-year goal or something not going to eradicating all the cancer is going to probably going to take a little bit longer. But what is it? Uh, what is your long-term vision of where you can take this company in the next five to 10 years? Well, we, th- we will continue adding to our database of, of where the, the, the 150,000 cancers, the tumors that we have. I mean, that's important to be able to share that information internally in our machine and, and make sure that the artificial intelligence system we have is state of the art. And so that we can broaden the approach that we're using instead of going to one or two pharmaceutical companies, like, like we're starting off, we wanna be able to have this technology endorsed throughout the world. I mean, that's the, that's the, that's the goal. So it's, it's, it's a, a unique system. And that's uh, when we um, are, are you know, making sure that that uh, nobody takes the trade secrets away from us, but we believe it has an enormous application that can be used uh, across the world. Okay, well, that's that's very inspiring story. So, if if people would like to learn about predictive oncology and uh, maybe connect with you personally, where can they reach you? Well, I, I, probably the best answer for that is my um, personal email address, which is m angle m e n g l e at predictive-oncology.com. And I look forward to receiving any correspondence anybody wants to send. I'll be happy to return um, the note back to, to whoever the author is. We can also be found on www.predictive-oncology.com, which is our um, website. And there is a, a thing you can click on there that says contact. And so you'll be able to get a response back by clicking on that as well. Okay, well, that's, that's awesome. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for doing this work. Uh, this is very important work. And it's very inspiring that uh, you actually have a vision of how to achieve it, even if it's not achieved yet, but, but you kind of know uh, where you're going and how you're going to tackle this problem. That's, that's very encouraging. And also thank you for the five fingers uh, scheme, <laughs> uh, the five goals. And number one is financial. Number two is uh, the product, uh, where to take the product next. And then the three flexible goals is kind of a, a great framework uh, to keep in mind. So, uh, so thank you for coming on the show. Um, and to you, uh, our, our dear listeners uh, out there, please stay tuned. Uh, I'll have another exciting entrepreneur, CEO coming on the show next week. And in the meantime, if you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to rate and review us and subscribe uh, on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our YouTube channel to allow us to spread spread the word to more, uh, more listeners as well. So thank you and have a great day.